I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bell is here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a lot to talk about in the NIL game. Of course, the name, image, and likeness rules have officially changed as of July 1st when we're recording this. It's been a crazy day across all of college athletics. It seems like athletes left and right in all sports are picking up sponsorships. Um, which is awesome to see. I think it's a really exciting time for college sports. We'll talk about all things that. Um, We've also got a new commit to talk about on the football side. There's been some new offers that have been thrown out on the basketball side. So plenty to get to once again as the calendar turns to July. But before we get into that, guys, we've got to tell you about our latest sponsor, Home Field Apparel. We talked about it a little bit on last episode, but Homefield is dropping their big new Saturday. They drop a new school every 16 weeks, and this Saturday they'll be dropping the Wisconsin Badger merchandise. I'm actually, I was wearing one of the shirts earlier today. They're incredibly soft, incredibly comfortable, um, and the designs are absolutely impeccable. I can't wait to see the rest of the launch that they're going to have. Uh, should be a lot of fun. But if you're new to Homefield, like I said, a new Saturday, a new school for 16 straight weeks. They dig through the archives and history of your school to find. Unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs, not just your standard Motion W on a T-shirt. They get into all things, uh, retro logos, things like that. It's so many cool designs with so many different schools, um, a lot of unique schools. I know one of the sweatshirts I was looking at today was uh, a beautiful baby blue two-lane sweatshirt that I'm really thinking I might buy with my uh, Saturday purchase where I'm just going to hammer the credit card home. But uh, if you guys are interested in buying some Badger apparel, which I guarantee you will be if you uh, if you go check out the launch on Saturday, you can get 15% off with promo code B5Q at homefieldapparel.com. Again, that's 15% off with code B5Q at homefieldapparel.com. I'm so excited for this drop. Um, we'll see what comes on Saturday afternoon. Should be a fun one. Make sure to go check that out if you haven't already. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, make sure you check out. Use that code. Um, their sweatshirts are are awesome. But um, I'm doing well. Yeah, it's been it's been wonderful to kind of see all the NIL stuff. Do you wonder if GoPuff sponsored the UW football team? <laughs> um, I don't I don't know about you, but I follow the majority of the players to keep up on things, and it was just a slew of them all about at the same time. Like, hey. This is what I ordered from GoPuff. What are you going to get type thing? Yeah, I saw and they one pop the up. <laughs> saw one pop up and then another one and then another one. I was like, oh, GoPuff must be uh, getting out there and getting after these guys to uh, take advantage of this new NIL rule. 
Um, I was like, wow, that guy's got to deal with GoPuff. Wow, that guy's got to, And then I was like, oh, wait a second. Let me think about this. Everybody's got to deal with GoPuff. Yeah, but when I saw Daniel Wright having to deal with GoPuff, I was like, man, <laughs> everybody on this team has got to have one. And then sure enough, it was like a horde of them just kept coming on my timeline. Yep, exactly, exactly. I was surprised to see some of the names that were popping up. But, hey, chase that bag. Get that money while you got the chance for sure. Some of these guys probably that's – one of their few offers, but hey, take advantage of it. This is a new, crazy world in college football, and we'll get into all things that. I think it'll be a fun conversation to, to kind of look back at some of the athletes that may have really uh, benefited from this if this was in place a few years ago. We'll get into that and some other questions. But before we get into that, we'll touch on a little bit of news here. Frank the Tank, Frank Kaminsky, headed to the NBA Finals as part of the Phoenix Suns. I know uh, Frank the Tank hasn't got a ton of minutes this playoffs, but still cool to see a player um, of Wisconsin basketball that did so much for Wisconsin basketball to to be in the limelight and going to the NBA Finals. Um, just a, a cool story uh, for him. You know, Frank the Tank, like I said, has, has been a leader of Wisconsin basketball, and it's it's nice to see him on the court and uh, taking pictures and chugging beers with that Western Conference trophy. So what do you make of that, and just how cool of a storyline is it for to have a former Badger um, playing for the biggest trophy in basketball? Yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's, it's good for for not only the Suns, but it's also great for the Badgers overall just to have a guy. Uh, once you get a ring, that's, that's a very cool accomplishment. Um, it was positive to see that he can still drink a beer um, despite – um, continuous work working out, so that was good. But but yeah, you just have to be happy for him overall. He, he's such a fun and and lively character that uh, this is something that he's been working towards his whole life, and to have it kind of be in seven games away is is pretty cool for him. Um, and it, it helps a little bit the the sting from kind of everything going on with Giannis right now in the Bucks. Yeah, I was going to say that the only way I'll be rooting for Frank the Tank is if they're playing the Hawks because I'm still hoping the Bucks can, of course, pull that out. Uh, of course, a big Game 5 on this Thursday evening as we're recording it and beyond. Before you know it, and hopefully they can make that out, and maybe we'll see a Frank Kaminsky versus the Milwaukee Bucks NBA Finals. That would certainly be an entertaining one, but still a few games and a few wins to get there for sure as we um, all rebound off our prayer circle for Giannis's leg. Of course, it could have been a lot worse. So I, I, we can't we can't complain too much when he went down. It looked like it was going to be a a lot worse than the reports that we got. So thank you, prayers up for that for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Well, let's move. That was really the only news. Otherwise, we'll, we'll kind of transition the news into the NIL, which is officially underway. So. In case you missed it, which I'm sure you have, and if you're on Twitter or anything like that, um, name, image, and likeness rules change as of July 1st, so now players are able to make a profit off of that. Of course, it's been something that has been discussed and hotly debated for, for years now, that players should be able to monetize off their name, image, and likeness and, and be able to get to some of these deals. And I think it's really been a, a cool day. <laughs> it seems like... The clock struck midnight last night, and there were athletes already tweeting out deals. They were wasting no time, um, you know, making that official and, and again, chasing that bag to, to make some money. And I think Bo Nix, the Auburn quarterback, had an ad right out at midnight. Um, but what a day for college athletes. It seems like left and right. You know, it's not just – I think that's the other important part, too. It's not just the, you know, the star quarterback. You know, it's not just high-profile college football players or college basketball players. You've seen track athletes, you've seen baseball players, you've seen all sorts of kids 
coming up with these deals and profiting off their name and likeness. I mean, some of these players have immense following, whether it be on social media, TikTok, things like that, that they're able to now profit off of. I saw one kid um, that is him and his pet signed a deal with uh, PetSmart. I believe it's a wide receiver for Arkansas. So all sorts of crazy deals happening. It's a really cool story, I think, across college football. But what do you make and what have you seen um, for these new ventures and what will it look like for the players? I think it's a really cool opportunity for a lot of the players because they were kind of um, bogged down by the the red tape that is the NCAA. So I think it's a really cool opportunity that they can continue to to just act like any anyone else. They have a large following on social media. You look at um, Dana Retke, she's got 29,000 followers on Instagram. You look at Graham Mertz on 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 Instagram and it's 55,000. So it's, it's something to where if somebody asks them, Hey, can you just put a post on Instagram? Kind of like Bo Nix did. Um, it, it, it can bring in some money for them and it, it's a really cool opportunity for them to learn about kind of some financial literacy, get, get some extra spending money to, to use, um, maybe save, be able to, to just kind of use their likeness to be able to profit off this. Um, also being able to put on camps and get paid for it. Um, that's a really cool opportunity for a lot of people if they go back to their hometowns and do that or get together and, and create those. Um, additionally, it opens up the doorways for for people to eventually have the the video games back for the NCAA video games. But but I really think it's going to be mostly social media. You, you think of, you know, GoPuff just kind of dropped that across the entire football team in a lot of ways today and that's a that's a, a concerted effort by them to to try to hit a bunch of kids across the country because most of these guys in Wisconsin they have that that market in Madison but a lot of them come from all over the country and they're hitting a demographic of of people that are 18 to 24 years old and probably are in a place where they're going to be willing to spend uh, to have GoPuff pop over to them, and it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg to make it happen. So I think it's a cool opportunity, and it's really something that I think people should just know that this is the way it's going to be. Um, I know some people had talked about that it might have some unintended consequences where companies, instead of using the actual athletic department, for advertising will turn maybe more towards players, but that isn't necessarily a bad thing either because it's still going to um, all work itself out and it just changes the market slightly. But but really, you just have to ha- be happy for players. I mean, Curtis Neal had a drop of clothing just as fast as Graham Mertz did, and so that was pretty funny to see. Yeah, I think it's a it's great that they're able to take advantage of these opportunities, and you know if. If a player, you know, obviously right now you're seeing GoPuff sponsor pretty much everybody, but again, I think at some point, you know, this has taken off really fast out of the gates, but at some point some of this will calm down and you still have to to probably prove yourself on the field to be really getting a lot of these deals. But again, there's kids that go to high school and and go to a university and back home they might have opportunities to, to, you know, make do an ad read, do a social media post. You or I – as a non-college athlete, have every opportunity to go out and, and make uh, a living. If we were famous on TikTok, we could go make that happen. Now, I don't have TikTok downloaded on my phone, so it would be hard to do that, but you know, at least the opportunity is there. So I think it's more than fair that these kids are now getting that same opportunity to, to go out there. They, they, I mean, college athletes now in this new age of, of social media and 
and the digital age have, have such a bigger following. I mean, in the past, you always knew the names, but now you can you know, interact with them, you can tweet at them, you can talk with them. There's all sorts of new things. It's just a new world, and I think today the landscape certainly changes, but I think it will be for the better. And, yeah, there's there's new – there's certainly consequences that could pop up. I, I think there's arguments that you could make other ways, but I think at the general basis of it is that these kids now have the opportunity to go make money off of, off of themselves and promote themselves and learn and promote their brand. So I don't think that's by any means a bad thing, and I'm excited to see what else can come from it. I know it's really taken off these first few days, but I'm sure someone will get creative and come up with some really cool ideas, and, and we'll talk about that just a little bit, what sort of deals we could see um, for some current athletes. Yeah, because there's, there's definitely a lot of cool opportunities for – for athletes to take advantage of. And, and I know that there's a lot of former athletes that are like Reggie Bush who went out there and said, hmm, you know, about it. But I, I think it's an exciting opportunity for a lot of people. Well, that's a good sound like Paul Christ right now. <laughs> that, that did sound like a nice uh, – you were you were hitting the buzzwords of Paul Christ there for sure. And, and that's a good transition when you mentioned Reggie Bush. And I've thought about that a lot today where um, if this was in place years ago, I mean – I thought immediately to Jan, John Anzel. I mean, the Manzel hype around him, if he was able to, to profit off a line of T-shirts, um, you know, he, he still has, even after college, after he got done and claimed out in the NFL, was still making money off merch, stuff like that. At the time where he was playing, um, at the height that he was, if he was able to go out there and, and sell T-shirts of him throwing up the money sign in college, would have made a fortune. You know, Reggie Bush... A guy that, yeah, probably got the unfair deal. Uh, you know, Tim Tebow, all sorts of guys. And those are just football players. There's, there's people across, you know, all the different sports that would be able to make deals like this. But it had really taken it by storm. But do you think about it, is there any former Badger that you think would have some major money thrown at them off of this ruling and it had some of these opportunities to take advantage of? Yeah, I mean, you look at just how much Russell Wilson brought in mm -hmm. to the athletic department, how he, what he did in his lone year. I think that team had a lot of different options and avenues that I could have easily seen. I mean, you look at that 2011 offensive line, I'm thinking five guys downtown, um, five guys, five offensive linemen. Oh, yeah, yeah Karimi, Moffitt, Kahn's, Zeitler, Wagner. I mean, those were guys who were all drafted, all all top-level players who went on to the NFL Futures. I mean, they even had Nagy and Frederick who were on the roster at that point. Um, but I, I think that would have been the type of thing. But really, um, the one for me that continues to come back would be Ron Dane. Um, when Wisconsin was in that late 90s, early 2000s time, he kind of owned everything. Um, he was such a huge fig figure. You look at what he did even just throughout his entire career, but then when he broke that record, I mean, he had pictures with, with the great Danes. There was so many different things that he could have been doing at that mm -hmm. time, and it would have probably helped him in a lot of ways. And I know he made a bunch of money in the pros, but probably not as much as he could have if he would have been able to profit off that early. I know for a fact Barry Alvarez pampered him and, and treated him with everything that they could. I can only imagine how much the athletic department would have been driving home his Heisman campaign and doing all those things. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think you're really looking at football is going to be one of the top ones quarterbacks who are, are very recognizable like a Russell Wilson would have made a ton of sense. Um, 
but but really I think you can look at a lot of other athletes. I think Carlini would have made a bunch at, at from volleyball when because they weren't having the sustained success that they're having now at that time. Um, but but really I think Ron Dane, Russell Wilson, some some like offensive line tandems. I think the the Red Robin group uh, from a few years ago would have would have been able to do things. I also would have loved to see, um, I want to say, John Clay with Topper's Pizza downtown. Um, I know that that dude ate pizza from Topper's all the time, <laughs> and so that would have been something that would have been very fitting and, and also funny at the same time. I think O'Brien Schofield even said that he, he messed up his weight for the combine because he was eating so much Topper's Pizza because he lived right by it, but... Um, I think there's lots of possible ideas here, but but really, it, it's good for athletes moving forward, and that's what's exciting. Yeah, the, my first thought when we when I were putting the outline together and kind of posed that question was Russell Wilson uh, as well. I mean, he's just I think you, you see him now in so many ads in the pros. His following at Wisconsin took off so quickly. I could certainly see him being a big athlete that would would be able to take advantage. I mean, any of those guys like in basketball that those Final Four teams. I think Frank, again Frank Kaminsky. Sam Decker, all those guys were really popular figures when they were on that sustained success and that run. The food opportunities with the offensive linemen are, I think there's so many you could develop if you really wanted to and get creative. I mean, we've had David Mormon on this show a couple times, and, and he's talked about how much those guys ate. Uh, you know, this, this state has a lot, and this city of Madison has a lot of good food options. I think those guys would be happy to come in and do something like that or make a post of places that they like to go, and uh, I think that would be hilarious to see. Um, so I think there's a ton of opportunities, and that's exciting, that a lot of these guys, even beyond football and basketball, these players have more recognition than ever before where you could you could go out there and make some of these posts and some advertisements because of their followings with other sports. So I think that part is really cool. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some huge names that – I'm sure are seeing this today and are thinking, man, if I had that in college, I know Melvin Gordon was thinking that and tweeting that, um, you know, any polarizing figure uh, across Wisconsin athletics would have certainly had the opportunity to um, you know, take advantage of this, you know, new and free and, and open market. So it would have been cool to see what they could do, but I'm also excited to see what some of these future athletes can do and, and, and make, let's see what they can make of it. Yeah. Um, another one that comes to mind is, on Regent Street, there's all those bicycle shops, um, and that row of bicycle shops. Mm-hmm. I, I think if they could have paired with Ryan Evans, because Ryan Evans, when I was on campus, would always ride a bike around campus mm-hmm. for some reason, and I think that that would have been a perfect thing. They could have brought that up on on uh, TV and everything. I think that would have been would have been stellar as well, just because I just always remember giggling watching a six foot seven athlete riding a a freaking bicycle around <laughs> campus. Yeah, that would be uh, – that's a good one as well. I think there – that's what I mean. There's so many people you could go out there and get creative with some of these ads and these um, the partnerships to, to make uh, a social media post or, you know, a line of something that you could really take off with. And, and that, I think, brings me to my next question. What sort of deal do you think you could take for the current athletes? I mean, we've already seen the GoPuffs taking off with, with virtually every part of the Wisconsin football team, but – I think to a couple, you know, after Jonathan Taylor got done with his college career, he immediately partnered up, you know, with UW Credit Union and in Topper's Pizza. Once again, I mean, all sorts of places and players could go around to the hundreds of phenomenal food spots in Madison 
and, and throw up a social media post and, and, and make some money off of it that way. Also, maybe enjoy some free food, some free merch, things like that. So anything that jumps out to you, I know we've already seen some guys, you know, putting some deals together. We've already seen Graham Mertz launch his T-shirt line and, and stuff like that, which I probably wouldn't buy a Graham Mertz T-shirt, but there were a couple cool-looking ones where you could see uh, some people pull the trigger on those for sure. But what other deals do you think you could see from some of these players across all these different sports? Yeah, I mean, personalized merch is going to be a big one, and, th- and that's something that a lot of people already do. Uh, another thing is is making music, like being able to do art, like different mm-hmm. things that these athletes are good at. Like I remember Gabe Lloyd was really good at uh, making different renderings, coming up with different um, creative photos, and that was something that he couldn't sell and make money off of. But now, I mean, he's obviously not with the Badgers, but that's something. So if, if you're really talented in music or something outside of sports, um, it, would, it would really be a natural fit um, for players who have really nice hair. Local sham, like shampoo, like different things like that, you could obviously see. Um, you know, I, I mean, just Clay Cundiff in his most recent Instagram post has like a hell of a flow. That would be something that uh, could easily happen. Joel Stave could have definitely um, done some good stuff with that back <laughs> in the day as well. But but I would just say really food, different like social media apps. Like GoPuff makes a ton of sense because you're just tr- trying to to drive content out to people, spread your brand. Um, but but then I, I wouldn't be surprised, depending upon the player, if you get to some things where it might be car dealerships, um, where um, it might get to be some things where where players are um, having opportunities to to go ahead and put on camps, be able to, like specialized camps that they're going to put on and um, and other things. But really, I think the main thing is going to be on social media and for different apps, food options around campus and in the Madison area. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's something that could really take off and it sounds like something you could really get done pretty easily. And, you know, some of these guys have probably already been fans of a lot of these food spots or anything like that that you can now monetize off of, which is always cool to see. I mean, I'm really excited to see how you can get creative with it. And I like to mention, you know, the music and stuff like that because that's something maybe you don't traditionally think of, but now you can profit off of. I know what kind of started this whole conversation a few years ago was. The, I believe it was UCF, the kicker, that you know had a YouTube channel and couldn't profit off of anything like that. You know, I don't know if Wisconsin, I don't know Wisconsin has that, but you've seen you know vlogs, stuff like that, take off where you couldn't monetize from it. Now all of a sudden you've got the opportunity to do some of that as well. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see not only for Wisconsin, but how a lot of these players across the country. You know, there's there's big polarizing figures in a lot of different sports and a lot of different schools. So it's going to be interesting to see. How, how these guys can take advantage of this new free world. And, um, and it's just a, a crazy day, a big change across college athletics. It, it's, it seems like it's been such a long time coming, um, but it's really exciting that it's now here. Another thing, I, I forgot autographs. That's going to be a mm-hmm. big thing going forward. Um, and, and not only autographs, but then like game-worn stuff. Uh, there's already players trunk that, but most players could only do that once you leave. Now you're going to have the opportunity to do that while you're on campus potentially, which I think would, would definitely give them a a stream of revenue because let's be honest, some of their clothes, they don't 
they don't necessarily want because they got new stuff. Um, I've never purchased anything from a player owned. I mean, I don't know why you'd need Frank Kaminsky stuff because he's seven foot, but I, I get it. And then um, another thing that just popped up on social media is um, yoke gaming. Another thing where like you have the different experiences where you could can go ahead and play a video game with your favorite athlete, do things like that. I could see, um, especially for younger younger people where they want that opportunity to meet and greet and things like that are, are going to be another avenue for a lot of players. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I was just thinking like Cameo, the the app that's taken off where you're, you're doing shout-outs. I can see parents, you know, you know, a little kid that watches Badger football and grows up to, to be able to go on Cameo and get a shout-out from someone like Graham Merch or something like that. That would make a little kid's day. So you don't ever know. It's going to be a lot of different opportunities out there, and uh, we'll see – how this all kind of shakes out, but uh, it's been a, a certainly a fun conversation, kind of getting into uh, what this this new world of college athletics will kind of look like. But we do have some recruiting stuff to get to on the basketball and the football side. But before we do that, let's get our other couple ad reads out of the way, and we'll get into that shortly. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's talk some recruiting. We're going to start with basketball. There's a couple more to get to on there. Um, UW, of course, has started to throw out some offers. Actually threw out an offer to someone in the 2024 class, um, which seems so far away, but it's it's never hurts to get some of those first offers out there. And Dylan Freetag out of Bloomington, Minnesota. Uh, like I said, first offer, but certainly not the last. If you watch any tape on him, very talented player. Offer list is going to grow probably immensely but again we've talked about it a lot in this podcast Wisconsin can sometimes get in early and, and make a good impression and, and certainly with everything that's gone on with Wisconsin basketball it's it doesn't hurt to um, really put the nose to the grindstone and get after some players early but what did you make of UW throwing out that uh, offer to a player of his caliber? Yeah I think it's important to get ahead of these things they had him on campus for the advanced camp so they got a really good look at him just I mean, he's only played one year of high school basketball because he's a 2024 kid, um, but played right away on varsity. That's usually a strong indication um, that, you you know, you're going to be a, a potentially a high major kid, um, especially when you've got the size for a guard at 6'2 already. But but I, I like his ability to get to the rim. We'll see what he can do, how his jumper continues to grow. It's more of a set shot now. But I think these are the type of offers that they didn't necessarily get the opportunity to throw out last year because of COVID, not being able to have that advanced camp. Wisconsin usually does really well getting ahead of things, using their camps circuit to to help them out. And so I I like the offer. I'm glad that they're kind of working early in it and – towards that because I think the 2023 class is going to be more forward heavy. I think that um, that that 2024 class, they're going to need a couple guards, and it makes sense to throw out an offer like this. Yeah, I think that's a great point. We've talked about it a couple times already with uh, that 2023 group seeming to be more, you know, focused towards the, the forwards and stuff like that. So to get another – um, you know, get after another position in a different class it makes a ton of sense. Uh, it, it's certainly going to be an offer list that grows, but hopefully Wisconsin can keep keep 
in there and keep focused on a player like him. He's very talented. It's just going to be a matter of how big that offer list grows. But uh, Wisconsin, you've got to take a shot like this for a kid right there in Minnesota. Um, and it doesn't. It never hurts to be one early. We've seen it in football and basketball. Sometimes the first offer that you get can stick with a kid and and really um, you know, make have a special place in their heart. And sometimes it works out. They go to visit other schools and they like that better. But um, it always gives Wisconsin a, a fighting chance. So I like the offer, and it's going to be interesting to see how that situation plays out over years. Like we said, he's 2024, 20, so he's got a you know he's got very little basketball under his belt at the high school level, but. Um, certainly going to be a guy that will pick up some more offers and, and traction will really take off with him at that uh, at that 2024 spot. Yeah, and then 2023, Nolan Winter out of Lakeville, Minnesota, he got an offer um, at advanced camp. I, I know that this was something that a lot of people kind of figured he was going to be a kid that could get um, an offer. Uh, it, it's, it's a long shot. Dad played with the Gophers. Um, you know, he comes from Lakeville, where same high school at Lakeville North as um, both Tyler Wall and Nate Reavers, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, based off of um, how Reavers' experience ended um, supposedly at the end here. But I, I think Wisconsin's had a really good connection with that school, but but we'll see kind of how that transpires. I just think it's going to be a, a long shot when you consider um, his his family. What do you make of that offer in the 2023 class? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good offer, and, and like you said, Wisconsin has had at least a, a pretty good relationship in that area and with that school up until, um, you know, how things have been. And I, I would say, you know, up until this year, there were certainly probably some rumblings from, from Nate Reavers and, and possibly from Tyler Wall, but um, they, they still were kids that came there from that school and came to Wisconsin, so that's that's a plus for sure. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out um, moving forward with a place like that. I, I know you said it in our Slack chat when that the offer seemed like a, a long shot possibly just because of where they is and the situation that is currently arose with Wisconsin basketball, but you never know. And if you've got a pipeline established there and there's a, and there's a talented player, again, you've got to shoot your shot. I know Wisconsin is, is probably up against it a little bit with recruiting right now, just given the fact that that uh, recording, of course, came out and, and there's situations that need to be probably mended over a little bit. But you can't just not go after players because of something like that. And if they feel like Nolan Winter um, was, was a player that can play at Wisconsin, which he certainly is if you've seen a little bit of him, um, it's probably a long shot like you mentioned, but you've got you to put your best foot forward and give yourself a chance, and you can't do that without throwing out that offer. Yeah, I mean, and he's a good fit. Like he, mm-hmm. he's he is sure. essentially what they normally look for in that in that kind of wing small forward area at six seven six eight. I mean, he he gives you kind of some Tyler Wall vibes, maybe a little bit better shooter. Um, so he's not the same type of player as as Nate Reavers, but but I'm I'm interested to see if Wisconsin can can get an official visit from him or if he's just going to be a Minnesota lock. Um, I, like I mentioned, I, I just I do think that some of these former relationships that they have with some of these coaches, like a Lakeville North, are they turned off by what they hear from, like, Nate Reavers, which is only one side of the story, right? Like, that's only one side of the story potentially from UW's perspective, but, but it is something to kind of keep an eye on. But but I think the offer is good. He's got an offer from Minnesota as well. I think this that's those are probably going to be the two schools that have the best chance of getting them. To be perfectly honest, um, but I would give an edge to the Gophers just simply because his dad went there. 
Yeah, uh, it's certainly a situation to keep an eye on and a good offer to, to throw out. And, and who knows? you got to keep your uh, options open and, and see what can happen and, and throw those offers out there. All right, football recruiting. Wisconsin continues their hot streak, picks up another commit, of course, from three-star wideout Benny Anthony. We talked about it last episode. We thought it was pretty much a lock that he would be committing to Wisconsin, but um, you never know until they put that official announcement. Of course, a wideout out of Louisville, Kentucky, had other offers from Cincinnati, Duke, and nearly pretty much every, seems like every Mac school um, was in on him. So maybe not highly, highly recruited by some bigger schools, but still a talented player um, out of the state of Kentucky, highly rated player there for sure. Um, I, I think it's good that Wisconsin went in there and closed that out. So now you've got a, a, an established wide receiver in this class to go along with Tommy McIntosh, who, of course, could transition to that tight end room. So I think it's a good get. I think it's a good fit. Um, and it allows Elvis Witted to you know, start nailing down some of these recruits at the wide receiver position. So what do you make of him? What, what does his game kind of bring and, and his commitment to Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, he, he was a guy that I think we assumed that if the Badgers wanted him, they were going to get him. And, and um, based off that, I mean, he took he took visits to Louisville. He took visits to um, Michigan State, had as well as Cincinnati, Duke, um, and and had offers from both those schools. So I, I think when you look at it, the offer list, like you mentioned, pretty underwhelming. Um, the tape is pretty good. Uh He's a track kid with decent track times. Um, I'm, I'm not super sold on it. Like, you can tell probably my voice. Sometimes I get jazzed up for some of the recruits. I, I think he's a kid who um, I'm interested to see how he develops. 6'1", 170, he's got to definitely add some weight. But I think Wisconsin, when you're looking at it, he pairs nicely with Tommy McIntosh, who's more of a bigger um, wide receiver. But I, I'm I'm going to be fascinated to see how this plays out because they t- took his commitment pretty early here in in the grand scheme of things, and you need to trust the staff because they've been on him early and often, and he's been one of their top targets. They they in fact canceled a couple of official visits with other wide receivers so that they could you know make room and make sure that they got their guys and him being. So, well, I, I'm not blown away by the offer list, the film, anything like that, the track times. Uh, it's one of those where if the staff – you've got to believe that the staff knows what they're doing, right? They're getting paid a hell of a lot more than me to, to, to you know, figure these things out, and their, lives, their livelihoods are on the line because of it. So um, I, I would assume that um, he's going to have a solid career, um, and, but definitely add weight explosiveness and whatnot. He does have good hands. So I, I, I like to get, but at the same time, I, I think I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach before I get too excited about this one, especially when you compare it to some of the other offers that I think um, I've, I've been very much more excited about in terms of the commitments. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. I, I, I had the same kind of um, idea. You know, you look at you know, so last year when we did our um, profiles for each player leading up to the season and you go back and look at some of these offer lists and, and how they kind of ended up at Wisconsin, there's sometimes where it works really well, where the offer list maybe wasn't, wasn't you know, immense and, and deep with, you know, Power 5 schools all over the place, and they turn out to be a really good player that, that went on to have a really solid college career. And there's some instances where you go back and you look at an offer list and it's really not strong and the guy, you know, doesn't really succeed on the field. I think of a guy like Deron Harrell. I remember writing his, not a ton of offers, got an offer from Wisconsin, took it, hasn't really panned out, but there's multiple instances of 
other situations where the offer list hasn't been huge, and it has. So it's it's a wait-and-see approach, like you said. You've got to trust the coaching staff and, and hope that they saw something that, that made them believe in while some other schools didn't, and hopefully it pans out. But sometimes these, these sometimes these ones hit, sometimes they miss, but you never know what's good. He's got a player, and he's got capabilities to be a really strong player, but we have to just wait and see how he develops. He's got speed, but you mentioned the weight is certainly something that's going to have to be put on, but he's probably got a kid that will come in with a chip on his shoulder, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely talented, right? Like he he's he's a high major kid for for real and I think Wisconsin should be excited to have him. They they put a lot of energy into his recruitment. I would have loved to see if they could have gotten him on campus in in terms of a workout setting just to to confirm some things. Like like you look at Seagreaves, you look at um Yacomelli, um you saw them in person, right? Like Vinny Anthony was in the kid that they got to see in person. Um, but but I think the explosiveness is there. I think he's the kid that, that could turn out to be a gem in this class. But now it's just a matter of seeing how he develops entering that senior year, um, especially when you consider that some of the schools right around his neighborhood didn't come through with an offer. Yeah, I think that's a great point when you look at a kid out of Kentucky and didn't pick up a ton of offers from uh, the bigger schools in that area. But uh, we'll have to – Wait and see as the jury is still out with a player like him. And and before we head out, let's kind of I think that transitions nicely. I know it seems like it seems like months ago. It was probably only a couple of weeks ago we started talking about position coaches and, and their recruiting and things like that. And with with so many new position coaches, and Alvis Witted isn't certainly a a new one, of course, in his second year, but starting to really take off in terms of the recruiting. And with the norm, more normal year of spring practice, so maybe we'll talk about the wide receiver position room a little bit. Um, with now him picking up his second wide receiver, where do you feel that wide receiver room is in terms of strength and in the recruiting part? And, and where um, does Elvis Witted maybe need to continue to hit to continue to have success at Wisconsin? Yeah, just in terms of recruiting, I thought he knocked last year's class out of the park. I thought he did phenomenally well there. Um, I, I like what they have in Scandler Bell. Once again, you look at similar size um, at six one, a little bit has a little bit more weight than um, than Vinny Anthony, and and had a, a much higher offer list, right? Like, which is a thing. Um, but 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 I really like the the addition of Marcus Allen. I think he is the type of wide receiver that can be really dynamic, could really shake things up. I think he could be a kid who could play early for the Badgers, depending upon how things look um, ahead of him. But I think he is the type of athlete that um, I would assume um, Witted wants to continue to add. I like the Tommy McIntosh addition. Um, but, but I do want to see um, – a continuation of pushing for some of those high-level players that are going to be getting closer to that four-star range, like Allen was last year, um, like Tommy McIntosh in some ways is pushing for this year. Um, so I, I think overall, Witt is doing a good job. I'm. I think the biggest question for me is what is that development going to look like from year one to year two for some of the freshman wide receivers from last year? You've got Isaac Smith who didn't play last year um, as he redshirted, but then you've got Devin Chandler as well as uh, Chimray DK, two two kids who flashed early, um, played immediately on campus, and have really have shown that what they can do. 
do they make a huge jump? Because I think Tim Radike might be the best, like, straight-up talented mm-hmm. wide receiver on the roster. Now it's just a matter of helping refine technique, and that's where Elvis Whitted comes in. And I'm hoping – I'm excited to see what that what that looks like. And um, I think we'll know pretty quickly there if, if we're seeing a, a lot of Jack Dunn then we didn't necessarily see that development from some of the younger guys. Um, if we're not, and Jack Dunn's back there returning punts, doing some of those things, and, and coming in in different situations, I think fans should be really excited. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I mean, you look at the recruiting side of things. Right now, you'll, you'll certainly take where you're at. You you picked up uh, a really high-caliber kid in, in Allen. Tommy McIntosh, I think, is a guy that's maybe a little underrated and will be better. And then you've got guys like Skyler Bell and Vinny Anthony, who are, are maybe not as highly ranked but still could be high-caliber players. So the first two classes of the guys you're bringing in um, are, are certainly uh, a positive right now, but it's going to take, um, you know, the recruiting side is one part of it. It's the, the second part, and, and maybe just as important of a part, is developing developing them after and seeing how they grow as players. And I think uh, that's a great point with, with Jack Dunn. If he's out there a lot, no knock on Jack Dunn. He, he's a... Uh, uh, a player that's done a lot for Wisconsin, but you want to see some of these younger guys probably taking some of those reps rather than a guy that's been back for you know a fifth, sixth year right now. So um, that's a great point, and, and we'll see how they develop. I know some of the older, older guys like Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, they'll they'll certainly have picked up something in terms of technique from him and grown uh, a little bit now that they're going into a spring through a spring practice, through summer workouts, and into uh, a fall season under him. But I think the big development will be with the first class that he recruited and some of these younger guys that are going to be under his you know, teachings for two, three years as they move forward. Yeah, for sure. Even a guy like A.J. Abbott, where's he at? Um, and, 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 and that's why I wasn't, necess- I wasn't saying it because I don't think that Jack Dunn has a role on the team and that I don't think that Jack Dunn brings something um, important to the wide receiver room. But rather, I think that there's a, a, you look at a guy like A.J. Abbott, there are physical tools there that, that Dunn doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And Dunn would yep. probably be the first person to tell you that. Um, but it's, it's a matter of getting a coach that can, can harness that and get them to the point where they're taking advantage of that, that skill set, that, that size, that what different things that they were recruited to be, um, you know, like, like an Allen, like, like a Tommy McIntosh eventually, like A.J. Abbott. Um, so I, I'm excited for this group, and I think Elvis Witted is a guy who can definitely bring that about, and hopefully we'll see that now with a more traditional fall camp more traditional offseason, and and uh, a, a much more normal year, hopefully. Yeah, it's really hard. That's why I'm, I'm glad we talked about him briefly because it was really hard to gauge, you know, the development last year uh, just with the entire season being so weird and wonky and, and stopping and going and having meetings virtually. The whole nine yards of COVID, it's hard to really take too much from last football season in terms of what happened and what they developed, but now we're back to normal. You had spring practice. You'll have, you know, summer conditioning and fall camp where everything's back to normal and, and they're able to get these reps in and learn. And then you can really start to fairly judge where these position groups are at and where these position coaches have them. So uh, good to get back into that conversation a little bit regarding these uh, position coaches. As recruiting possibly slows down a little bit, I know Wisconsin's been on a heater and hopefully they got some more commits to pick up. But we'll have a little bit more time in the show to – get back into that series of talking about what these new and, and uh, of course, Elvis Witt in year two 
position coaches are, are looking for as they move forward. But, uh, yeah, it should be a fun conversation to get back into those for sure. All right, guys, that wraps up another week of the podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure to go over to homefieldapparel.com this weekend. Check out the Saturday drop for Big News Saturday over there. Going to be a lot of exciting products for you to buy. And, again, use B5Q at checkout to get 15% off your order. Have a safe and happy holiday weekend. And, as always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.